time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Career dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. Leon says, good morning, sir, Paul. We've got Stacy begging, please, Peter and Paul, be nice today. I'm always nice to Peter, but he's not so nice to me. We're lovely to one another, like a couple of brothers who punch each other all the time. How are we doing today, Paul? I'm doing very well, Peter. It's lovely to be here as always. I have to say, mm-hmm. it was not a good start to the day. No. I, I woke up fine mm-hmm. in my lovely air-conditioned house. Lovely jubbly. Had a nice cup of gold coffee, Ooh. got dressed, mm-hmm. walked out the door and <gasps> was hit with a blast of soggy hot Air. Uh, I think it was 26 or 7 degrees this morning. Yeah, with a humidity of about 90%. Oh, really? Yes. Is the humidity that high? Um, yeah, it's the humidity that kills. Because dry heat, not so bad. You can stay not too sweaty. But I feel like in this wet heat, sweat immediately forms. Uh, it does. And, <laughs> and well, I'm a sweaty Betty. So, uh, but but I'm, I'm okay. I'm here. And that's the main thing. I'm very happy to be here always on a Wednesday. I think it's going to be the hottest day of the season so far. Some weather forecast apps are saying 37 Hooray! in Seoul. Um, yeah. Well, do stay safe if you are in Seoul and surrounding areas because it could get pretty nasty. Yep. And we've seen the record cases of COVID today as well. Over 1,700, almost up to 1,800. Goodness gracious. Any rays of sunshine, Paul? Uh, anything to smile about? Are you watching anything fun? Are you are you reading anything I'm, fun these I'm days? I'm reading lots of things. <laughs> I have to say, I've got my hands on lots of new translated uh, Korean fiction. Uh, the new book uh, by Bora Chung, A Cursed Bunny, translated by Anton Her, came out last week. Bunny, Cursed Bunny. Yeah, it's a selection of short stories that I'm looking forward to. Sounds good. Today's book in question is it full of danger? Ah, uh, it is. It's full of uh, death, destruction, murder, and mayhem. Um, <laughs> oh wow. And it's actually a familiar author today. We're going third time lucky for Kim Young-ha. Name definitely rings a bell. Yeah, we did Diary of a Murderer. We did I Hear Your Voice. And this time we're doing one of the very first translations of his work, I Have the Right to Destroy Myself, translated by Chi Young Kim. That does sound familiar, the book as well. I think it might have been in uh, in some news articles and whatnot. Oh, we're talking this book, because this this came out almost 20 years ago. Oh, I think. wow. It was certainly a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the first big translations of Korean literature. Ah. And so it was everywhere in the Korean media, because they're going, hey, look, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got a book <laughs> translated. Um, and it's a very good book. Um, it's a really dark and mysterious tale, and it sort of connects people who wish to be at the end of their lives. Oh, so literal title, The Right to Destroy slash End My Life. Exactly. Uh, the author then, just a quick recap for anyone uh, who's forgotten about Kim Yong-ha. Uh, yeah, born uh, in Hwachon in Kangwondo. Uh, he had a bit of an odd childhood. His father was in the military, so he was moving around a lot, but... Mm-hmm. 
He had a serious accident when he was about 10 years old. He got uh, gas poisoning from coal gas. Uh-huh. And uh, he lost his memories from before that age. Oh, yes, so I remember. So everything was a blank this. slate. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he went on to do very well at school, to be successful at university. And then in 1996, he published... Uh, I have the right to destroy myself. And he won the New Writers Award from m u n h a k d o n g n e And then he's kept writing and writing and writing. He's um, uh, done translation as well from English to Korean, uh, did the great Gatsby into mm. Korean. Um, and his work has been translated into many different languages. Uh, this one, 2007, was the translation for I Have the Right to Destroy Myself. Not quite 20 years, but almost. Yes. Um, he's written seven novels, five short story collections. He's won pretty much every major Korean literature award. He's a brilliant writer, um, but he is a bit dark. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> One of those compelling writers that you just want to get to the end of the book. You want to find out what's happened. Oh, and we'll do that for you through our three readings. The translator, c h i y o n g Kim. Yes. We've mentioned them before? Quite a few times. <laughs> uh, these are the books we featured on the show. They may ring a bell. My Brilliant Life, The Starlet and the Spy, The Good Son, The Hen Who Dreams She Could Fly, Please Look After Mum, and The Things You Can Only See When You Slow Down. That's Those are just a fraction of her <laughs> books. Uh, over a dozen books translated from Korean to English. Uh, used to be a lawyer. Translation was a hobby. Became a full-time translator. And now we love her because she produces some excellent translations. Fantastic stuff. Uh, so, Jal is also comforting you, Paul, saying over in Malaysia it's hot and sweaty every day. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, but Jal does like horror movies too. They don't scare him. Jal, I think, is... eight years old so i don't know what level of horror you're watching um but yeah i suppose if it helps to beat the heat maybe it's okay yeah look i think i think you either love horror movies or you hate them it's Mm. one or the other and i have to say that that i've loved them for a very long time ever since i was a teenager do you think the read of this book would make your spine tingle a little bit Uh, not quite. It's not scary so much as a little bit mysterious and dark. Okie dokie. And Aaron Humphrey saying, uh, wow, he sounds like such a talented author. Loved hearing about his life as well. Amazing. And we do that for you every week. Give you a bit of background uh, to the writer and the translator. So we're going to pick it up in our first reading. Set the scene for us, Paul. We've got the narrator of the book, who I'll explain about after, who's uh, telling us about... what he does during his workday. Let's find out. In the evening, I head to my office on the seventh floor of a run-down building downtown. I only have a phone, desk and computer in my office. I never meet anyone here. I don't even have to see my landlord because I pay my rent online. When I get there, I turn the answering machine off and wait for the phone to ring. By 1am, I usually receive around 20 calls. They call responding to my ad in the paper. We listen to your problems. Having read this simple sentence, they wait until nightfall to dial. I talk until early in the morning. to people with various problems. A girl being raped by her father. A gay man about to be conscripted into the army. A woman cheating on her boyfriend. A wife beaten by her husband. 
I hear stories I'd never discover in the library, bookstore, or insert on galleries during the day. This is how I find the majority of my clients. After a few minutes, I can figure out anyone's level of education, likes and dislikes and economic circumstances. I can detect and select a budding client with this kind of information. I like having the power to choose my clients. Really kind of creepy reading in a way, and I, I think I see where it's going. Uh, Tropic Girl says, wow, the narrator, though, sounds like a bit of a loner and an introvert. Ooh, interesting one. We shall see. Sherry says, really dark so far. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Sara asking when this book was wrote so the korean was in the 90s late 90s right? yes translation in 2007 okie i was trying to put that i was trying to date it because in that reading it says paying the bills online the rent yeah i think what late 90s yeah i guess that was when the internet was kind of sure. budding or you could around. do it through banking yes. rather than meeting someone absolutely uh sophie and siska have similar ideas sophie's saying the writer is alone 24 7 never had a companion and siska wait the main character of this story is an alone person, antisocial. Oh. Well, he is pretty isolated, but he does make connections. Yeah, people going down uh, the route of stalkers in the chat, it seems. Ooh. I'm not sure if we're going to get there. Who knows? Uh, Raul also saying, I think the laws against stalkers in Korea have changed. So if you stalk, you can go to prison and entertainment agencies will now press charges against those Sazeng fans, you know, the over-the-top fans. Look, if anyone's stalking, then, yeah, they need to be stopped, certainly. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm getting the feeling that this guy, by the title, judging by that, and you telling us it's about, like, ending or having the right to end your life, he's getting people to call in under the guise of being, like, a consultant or just a shoulder to cry, and, and then is he like finding people to end their lives, like potential clients here. Yeah, he's a man with a particular set of skills, and no, he's not Liam Neeson. No. Um, he, he meets these people who are looking to end their lives, and he helps them do it. So they don't know they're calling for that in the first At place. first, no, they don't. Oh. But uh, through their conversations with him, through their meetings with him, well, that's what happens. So he's the main narrator of the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out about his work. We find out he's got a passion for art. And we find out that he's writing down the stories of some of the people he's helped. Mm. Uh, two women in particular. And we get a glimpse of their stories um, sort of spotted in between his narration. Okay. So the first woman is Judith. Her real name is Seon. And she's a bartender who's involved with a pair of brothers. K and C mm-hmm. are their names. Uh, K is a bullet taxi driver. Now, I don't think you'll get them these days because the laws are very strict, but a bullet taxi driver back in the late 90s was someone who would speed between the satellite cities and Seoul um, to get drunken passengers back to where they needed to be. Oh, as soon as possible. As fast as humanly possible. Wow, okay. And C is a video artist. Mm -hmm. And Judith was Kay's girlfriend, but when she met C, she seduced him and they started dating instead oh oh dear yeah so we've got this love triangle going on but she's a very strange person she doesn't seem to care about life or the world or anything Mm -hmm. but she does talk a lot about the north pole 
That's odd as well. Uh, she's been to the North Pole once. She's also watched documentaries on the North Pole, and she often talks about it. That's rather random as well. Yeah, so we get this very, very curious relationship. Her relationship with C, her relationship with K, the relationship between the two brothers, C and K. Mm-hmm. And then we learn of how C and Judith once got stuck on the highway in a blizzard. That sounds up her street, being a fan of the North Pole. And, and Judith is one of his... clients or one of the women he's helping you will find out oh let's get to that second reading we're almost out of gas she says i want to go to the north pole they say there's only snow and ice all white and polar bears wander around and strong winds blow up to 30 meters per second In the summer, it's always bright out, and the North Pole itself is always floating around on the ocean. Isn't that cool? And sometimes, the ice cracks and sinks. I'm not kidding. We're stranded, she insists. It's going to keep snowing and the roads are blocked. We have to go now if we want to live. I think all guys are just nervous when they have to stay in one place. I mean, even when they drink, they like to go from bar to bar. Why bother leaving? I like it here. It's cosy. Like a grave. Have you ever been inside a coffin? When I was in middle school, we went on a church field trip, and we were all supposed to take turns lying in a coffin. And then we had to talk about what that was like. I think they wanted us to experience death early to make us believe in Jesus more. What do you think I said afterwards? I said it was so comfortable. And it really was so cosy that I didn't want to leave. I think a nun asked me if I was scared that I would go to hell. I don't think there's such a thing. But I do want to go to the Arctic. I would like to be bored for eternity. And the North Pole, it doesn't even move. There is no North Pole. Didn't you say that the whole thing is a block of ice that floats around on the ocean? If nobody else can find it, you won't get there either. The engine shuts off. The lights blink, then fade away. The white LCD of the radio disappears. Only the red anti-theft light blinks periodically. Everything turns pitch black, like in a blackout drill. It becomes completely quiet. Neither C nor Judith says a word. The cold starts to crawl toward them like an army of white ants. Oh dear, that is very unnerving. (laughs) The conversation that she is bringing up, I would be terrified to be in a car with this lady. 
I don't know. She's she's all right. We think she likes lying in coffins. <laughs> Is that all right? Well, you're right. Actually, from her perspective, there's nothing wrong with what she she's said. She's been honest, right? Yeah. But I would be so freaked out. I'm a bit of a square, I suppose, compared to her, who seems to be going off in all sorts of directions in her mind. Do they get rescued? Do they even talk? What happens? <laughs> well, no, they don't get rescued. Uh-oh. Uh oh. C dozes off. Judith sneaks out of the car. And starts walking off by herself in the blizzard. Yeah. Oh dear. And C tries to find her, but she's she's gone. She disappears <gasps> from his life forever. Uh huh. And then we hear back from the narrator, who talks about how he met Judith and how he helped her die. Oh. And he also talks about a trip to Vienna, um, to see Gustav Klimt's Judith. Do you know that picture? No. A very famous painting by Gustav Klimt. And it's where she got her nickname because she looks like the character in the oh, painting. Wow! And there he meets a young woman from Hong Kong, and they have this very brief argumentative fling, and <laughs> we learn about her troubled past, and then they separate on their way to Italy, and then we return to C and K, and they find out about Judith passing away, mm-hmm. and we learn about C becoming obsessed with a woman named Mimi. Okay, and she's a performance artist, and he films her for a project. And so, what she does as a performance artist is she strips naked and she paints canvases with her hair and body. Wow! And so he videos her, and then becomes obsessed with the footage of her painting and watches it again and again and again and again. And they end up having an argument about the project, and they don't see each other until the exhibition day.、Mm-hmm. And then when they do, she tells him a secret. She tells him of the time. She almost killed herself with the help of someone else, but、oh. couldn't go through with it. This narrator, perhaps, and that person told her to think of it as her last chance and do what she really wanted to do with her life, which was to see her work with her own eyes, and that is why she agreed to do this project, this、oh. video project with C. It's all intertwined. Yeah, and then we go back to the narrator, and he tells us how Mimi ended things for herself. And he tells us that everyone who reads this will meet him at some point. Uh oh! One day, and when you meet him, you should hold his hand, and you should follow him. Oh my goodness! This is spine tingling. I'm getting the shivers. I'm feeling <laughs> cold in the studio. It's a kind of creepy mystery、yes. in a way. I'm in London. I'm in Australia. Tokyo. The Philippines. Finland. Indonesia. New York. Arirang Radio. Radio. Now live in Seoul. Before settling into the bathtub, Mimi turned on Leonard Cohen's "Everyone He Knows" and danced to it for a long time. Leonard Cohen's rough voice and the deep bass chords suited her dancing. I could hear the running water in the bathtub. The tub must have been overflowing. She listened to "Everybody Knows" about ten times, then went to the tub. Standing at the doorway of the bathroom, I watched her slowly lower herself into the tub, the water flowing over the rim. She glanced at me. As she picked up the knife. Goodbye. Thank you for everything. 
I hope your flowers will bloom forever. Goodbye. Her crimson blood emerging from the depths of the tub quickly stained the water. She struggled to keep looking at me in spite of her fading consciousness. Her eyes slowly drifted shut. This was a good time for me to leave. I'm going now. Have a good trip, I told her. I took off my gloves when I left her apartment. I always wear gloves when I go to a client's place to make sure my fingerprints aren't discovered. Sometimes there are clients who want sex, but I usually refuse. But if I can't, I use contraception. Not only do I have to be prepared for a possible autopsy, it's also indecent for a new life to awaken in a dead body. A little bit much for a Wednesday morning for me. It's quite mind-blowing. This I've not read anything like this. I don't think I've seen a movie that deals with this topic in this way as well. Kind of professional. The the narrator. I can't decide. It's good, bad, evil. I think that's the question that that、uh, Kim Young Ha wants to ask us. Um, he's helping people. He seems to be helping people. He seems to be doing what they want him to. Do、mm. and that's whether we condone it or not, and it, it it's asked some really interesting questions of us. I'm not here to give you answers,、sure. but it makes you think about what is good, what is evil, and it links into the debates we've been having for a few decades now about euthanasia.、Mm. Um, you know, one may say we offer our pets when they come to the end of their lives a respectful, pain-free. End. That's normal. That's humane. We call it right. Yeah, but we don't offer that to ourselves, generally speaking. It is odd, isn't it? That kind of double standard there,、um, and yeah, we won't think for one second when a dog is looking like it's in pain to go and take it to the vet. Yeah. Why not when we see the same? And actually, we're sure. To a more certain degree, because someone is telling us, right? The dog can't tell us that that's what they want. Exactly, and、But、so a human can.、Wow. Yeah, Kim Young Ha is is positing, is asking us, what would it be like if we lived in a world where this option was on the table?、Mm. Um, and it's it's a really difficult question. It's a very provocative question,、mm. and I don't have the answer. Of course, but it did get me thinking about illness. And about death, and about what is the human approach to the end of life? Because、mm. we we all are going to be there at the end. At some point, death comes to us all. I think this book is is great at getting you to think about that, which is something we often put off thinking about, if ever, and maybe just. Towards the tail end, you know, and yeah,、uh, I think there are a few places in the world where euthanasia is legal or assisted dying. I think they call it right. Yes, not many.、Uh, no,、um, and certainly in the in the UK where it's it's not legal as far as I'm aware. There have been many debates about people leaving the country because they they wanted to end their life because of terminal illness and so、yeah. on.、Um, We've got so many comments, Paul.、Uh, Tropic Girl has noted. 
never seen so many comments on the chat about a book before. Cherie says, Peter, if you think it's a bit much for a Wednesday morning, then think of me Tuesday night right before bedtime. That's where I am. Oh, my goodness. My apologies. <laughs> I don't know what dreams or nightmares you'll be having. Uh, Cherie says... Earlier, the line, cosy like a grave. Have you ever been inside a coffin? I definitely need to read this book. Yeah, uh, we got Leon saying, uh, I have the right to destroy myself probably means I'm killing oneself. And the writer is the one to help them with that. Well, those that kill themselves usually believe that it, there's nothing after death. Well, yeah, it's also asking these questions. Like Judith, for example, doesn't believe in hell. Mm -hmm. She just finds the... the thought of the grave cosy yeah and i guess it would have something to do with that like what are you expecting after which would have an impact on your decision as well about dying right what do you believe in afterwards if anything i suppose aaron saying paul do you know if there was events in this author's life that inspired this book i'm so curious and we said when he was younger he had that Uh, thing with the gas poisoning right? yeah so he's had a, a, a near-death experience himself um beyond that i'm not sure but his his other books if you look at diary of a murderer you mm -hmm. know the main short story the titular short story there is dealing very much with ideas of of death and coming to the end of your life it feels like there's a darkness or a darker side to him that he's always investigating mm -hmm. um so i don't know exactly why but but I'm always attracted to his books. Every time a new translation of Kim Young-ha comes out, I buy it. Yeah. Sight unseen. I don't care what the reviews are. I don't care what the topic is. Mm -hmm. I want it on my bookshelf because I know at some point I'm going to turn to it and I'm going to bury myself inside it. Yeah. IG10 says, it kind of sounds like me and a lot of my memories in life that have been traumatic. Uh, I don't remember all the events correctly. And because a lot of it has not been pleasant, I tend to pick and choose to remember the way I want to. And if I'm going to have memories, I'd rather they be maybe multiple choice. But it seems in this book that the character the lady is confused about life, what she wants, hence maybe flipping between the brothers. She seems tired, maybe, of her uncertain life. Yeah, I think a, a lot of us don't realize how lucky we are to have the lives that we have. Mm -hmm. um, that there are many people out there who are suffering, who... who who don't know what they're meant to do with their lives or feel stuck in their lives. It can be really, really tough. And it's sort of, it's, it's discussing that aspect of, well, is it possible to escape? Is it possible to get out of it? Mm -hmm. um, Sophie's saying, so the narrator is just surrounded by the stressful people which are only on social media. The writer's becoming arrogant with his own world and his apartment. It's always just him and his customers online. He doesn't have real contacts with real people in the real world. And when he's not happy, he might cause a disturbance. He is like the Grim Reaper, a very common situation in the real world. I think this is really interesting, what Sophie's talking about, comparing him to the Grim Reaper, because I've read this book at least three times. Mm -hmm. And as I read it, I do wonder whether he is actually human. Oh, whether okay. the Whether the narrator is a real human or whether he is some kind of spirit uh -huh. or ghost or yeah. the Grim Reaper, like a symbol... Of death, yeah, and that he is. Um, we have the the expression in Korea, the Chosong Zaja, mm -hmm. the angel of death, yeah, sort of the emissary from the underworld. Could it be him? 
Yeah, I, d- I do wonder again. I, d- I don't have the answers for you, Peter. <laughs> uh, a couple of other listeners as well take in an interesting twist. I thought this was unique to the character in the book, but Tropic Girl says, I've been in a coffin and it was quite comfortable. Sarah Louise says, I want to try a coffin because if it's not comfy, I don't want to go there when I'm dead. So it's logical thinking or am I just odd? I, I guess so. It will be your final resting place, maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I think we have to confront it, and that's the hard thing. And I'm, I'm very sorry if this has spooked people out <laughs> on your Wednesday morning or Tuesday night or whatever time it may be, but sometimes the books we deal with on Check It Out can be a little bit disturbing and a little bit scary and spooky. Um, but I think the author's intention here is to just... to get us to start to question ourselves and question our feelings on this quite deep topic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's genre fiction that allows us to explore really difficult and hashtag dangerous themes Yes, um, because we feel safe when it's a thriller or a horror as opposed to it being a work of literature. Yeah, Tropico also pointed out, Paul seems to love the horror and spine-chilling stories that are a different take and make you think. Yeah, and I think that is what we need, some thought-provoking on a Wednesday. I'm hoping many of you enjoyed today's tale, or at least it got you to think. Paul, as ever, thank you so much for your wonderful haunting readings today. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Uh, Thanks, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for the help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Kim Young-ha for his always fantastic, sometimes quite spooky books, (laughs) and to Cheung Kim for her brilliant translation. Uh, Next week, I promise it will be something different. I've got a little bit of poetry to end out the month. Oh, looking forward to it. Have a wonderful week. Stay cool and we'll see you then. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.